Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Mike, that's me, talks continuously for 13 minutes about what happened in Smartum at WWDC on today's Smartum Show. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Welcome to the Smartum Show. It's Tuesday, June 14th. I'm about to fly out to New York City. And so this is going to be a quick podcast. I didn't get anyone else to sit in with me and talk about what happened at Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. But I'm going to do that myself. I'm going to talk alone in a room. So hopefully you can get updated on what's going on. I'd actually written about uh, what the news was, gave some opinions. Uh, you can read those if you want. You can go to smarthomeweekly.net, check those out. But I'm going to basically compress those thoughts into audio format here in my little brain uh, and mouth transcription machine. And uh, I'm not sure what that is, actually. But, um, you know, it was an interesting WWDC, I think, for Apple. Because, you know, it was a year after um, the Worldwide Developer Conference where they really did nothing with HomeKit. It was very disappointing. And I compared it in the newsletter today to, you know, the story and the arc of HomeKit is not unlike that of a uh, a VH1 behind the music special. I've always kind of laughed at the story arc. It's always the same. It's formulaic. It's basically this uh, huge excitement at the beginning. People shoot to the top of the charts, kind of like HomeKit, you know, shot to the top of all our attention spans around smart home. And then we went into the trough of disillusionment. Uh, we were disillusioned after the WWDC last year because, you know, Apple didn't talk about it. They really had kind of a, a very quiet year and people started to, you know, move on a little bit. And so here we are in 2016. Apple came out and announced that they are, they are releasing a home app, which is really, really exciting because, you know, this has been something that's been rumored, uh, pretty much for the whole life of HomeKit. Pretty much since we announced, they announced HomeKit two years ago, we've, had people speculate about whether they would do their own app or would they rely on third-party apps, as it seems like they've done up to this point. Well, no, they launched the Apple Home app. Let's break down what they announced. First off, HomeKit and the Apple Home app alerts will be accessible through the Control Center, which I think is important. You know, Control Center, if you have an iPhone, if you have an iOS device, it's basically the the, the screen that you could flick up from the bottom and turn things like Wi-Fi off and, and access airplane mode, but also control your music and play your, and, and even take photos from, uh, it's accessible through the lock screen. So really it's kind of the, the way in which you can surface important alerts on iOS. So they, they've basically deemed HomeKit and Apple Home control center worthy. So I think that's, that's a cool thing. They also showed and talked about scenes. And they showed a couple of scenes. They talked about like a nighttime scene, et cetera. So I think this is really important because the ability to create scenes across disparate DIY products that aren't part of, you know, a, a low system or, or, or whatever, or even kind of a more professionally installed system is oftentimes tough. 
So creating these scenes and using HomeKit to, to be able to do that, to have the logic there and the commands and control uh, and the instruction engine running through HomeKit, I think is important. And so I can see this one would be one of the most popular features. This is what really tr- kind of makes it a true true home automation platform. And so I was glad that they, they had that. I'm not surprised. This is something that we've heard rumored. So that's good on them. They also talked about video devices becoming uh, one of the core categories of accessories with HomeKit. This is something that was really kind of an oversight coming out of the gate, even though they announced some, some initial launch partners with HomeKit two years ago, such as Skybell, the maker of video doorbells. They didn't define video cameras and net camps as a category of accessory. You know, they've rectified that. And, you know, just after they announced last or yesterday, we saw the news from Canary that they announced their, essentially their second generation camera, the Canary Plus, that'll be shipping this fall as part of this news. It's a, it's a HomeKit enabled home security appliance with obviously a video camera coming out from Canary. So that was kind of cool. They also talked about how Apple TV is the device through which you can access your smart home remotely. This is another thing we've been talking about. This is something I wrote about two years ago when they came out with HomeKit. I, I basically wrote that Apple TV will figure importantly in the future will be a crucial and important piece of the HomeKit story because it was really their only fixed device in the home other than if you're talking about a Mac. Um, that really, and oftentimes Macs or laptops, they're not really fixed. It was really the only home device that stayed there. When you have a smart home system built around uh, a mobile phone as really kind of the control and command center, it becomes an issue when the the only person with an iPhone leaves the house. So I think it's an important thing um, that they're making the Apple TV uh, essentially the, the the device through which you can access your, your smart home remotely. Um, and that's, that was a cool thing, something we've been talking about for a couple of years. So they made that come true. They continued to make other things on the wish list come true. They talked about how Siri, uh, would be a way to which act through which you can access your HomeKit enabled smart home through the new home app. So that was cool. They also talked about beacons and geofencing. So basically this idea, um, that we've, we've talked about a lot on this show, but just in general, this idea that you can enable a smart home scene, or you can enable something like a lock being locked or unlocked based on your proximity to a beacon or some sort of, some sort of sensor device. So that was something that they talked about as well. So broadly, it looks like they had a lot of the items on the checklist, on the wish list that we wanted. Um, that That's exciting in general. But when I step back and just kind of looked at this, I, I basically had a takeaway that I'm glad this happened. But I compared it to the podcast market, which was waiting for a dedicated podcast app for years from Apple. I don't know if you know this, but you know they, Apple really was crucial to the, the podcasting industry. They launched iTunes and, and, and put podcasts into iTunes, really kind of helped the industry get off the ground. But they never had their own dedicated app that played podcasts on, on the iPhone until just a few years ago, maybe three or, three or so years ago. And this was kind of a holy grail, a white knight we were all waiting for. But what happened along the way while people were waiting for this dedicated app is the podcast industry grew up. And I feel like the same thing happened to a certain degree with the smart home. Two years ago, many of us in the smart home industry thought that Apple could be the smart home industry's white knight. They just pushed this thing called HomeKit, came out with a dedicated app, and really 
made the move, the industry move forward. They can really create a lot of endies demand. But, but while they basically were somewhat dormant for the last two years, didn't do a whole lot, the smart home industry itself kind of grew up. I mean, there are other standards came out. Google, Google became more active. Uh, you saw a lot of other companies like Amazon enter the space. And so I think what happened is the smart home industry grew up a little bit. Uh, and last year after WWDC and Apple didn't really talk about HomeKit, I think essentially a lot of people said, well, we can't rely on Apple to create this market and move this market forward. We need to do it ourselves. And it's nice to, it'll be nice to have if they come and, and join the party. And so that's what happened. So I think to just underscore it, I think it, this is a hugely important announcement. I'm glad that Apple announced a, their own home app. But I think, as I said, the smart home industry in a certain ways has, has changed a lot over the last couple of years. And so they don't necessarily uh, need Apple entirely. I mean, they don't necessarily – Apple isn't going to be the one and only company that moves them forward. Uh, they, they've kind of moved on from that phase of life. But I think this is an important step nonetheless and could help the industry to a certain degree as well. So those are really my high-level thoughts about what happened with Apple Home and HomeKit. I do want to mention my prediction of a possible new piece of hardware uh, the visual interface, which I wrote a lot about. I got really excited about this idea of a camera being in a new Apple device that's an answer to the Amazon Echo. But I should have known and should have realized that Adam Justice uh, was the wise one in saying that really WWDC has historically for the last couple of years not really been a space or a place where Apple announces new pieces of hardware. It's really a developer show. So while I, I do think that the rumors that Apple was probably working on something around uh, maybe new, some new sort of appliance for the smart home. Uh, maybe some new sort of device. I think there's possibly uh, some truth to those rumors. Uh, some fire where there's smoke. I think that WWDC, in retrospect, is not really the, the venue for that. They tend to not announce new hardware categories. They basically announce uh, new software features and exciting new things around all the existing products they have and kind of announce new generations of software. And that's what they've done. And so that's what they did. There was no new Apple home device, no new Apple hardware, no new voice-enabled or even camera-enabled device. So uh, too bad. But uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. I think, you know, it's not too late. This year could be an interesting year for Apple. And uh, we'll keep an eye on it. So that's kind of the big news, folks. That was really kind of my 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 thoughts, my high level thoughts about what happened um, real quick. I just want to mention one other important thing that happened this morning. I thought uh, you should know about uh, this week, the Bluetooth special interest group or Bluetooth SIG will be announcing Bluetooth five, the next generation of Bluetooth. We had an interview with the executive director of Bluetooth, Mark Powell, a couple of months ago, talking about the roadmap for, for 2016. So if you are a regular listener of the smart home show, you will know basically what's happening. You will know that they are moving to about four times the range with this new specification compared to old Bluetooth. They're moving to about twice the speed. But one of the kind of the secret things that none of us really knew a whole lot about because it wasn't something they were talking about was they were expanding the broadcast messaging features and capability of Bluetooth and this new generation of Bluetooth. If you've heard of beacons, we've talked about beacons on the show a little bit. If you've heard of Bluetooth beacons, this idea that Bluetooth can broadcast and talk to different devices and send it information without essentially doing a kind of a, uh, a peer-to-peer sync, but essentially just sending uh, information one way. Um, that's really kind of what beacons do. And it's been really successful and important in 
situations and scenarios like retail, where if you have a Bluetooth device, you can get information about a sale or, or what's something that's happening at the front of the store or something like that. Well, now we're going to see that capability even fleshed out further, and we're going to see that capability come more and more to the smart home. So I'm excited about that. Bluetooth will enable that. Um, so I think that was important, an important announcement. They also talked a little bit about Bluetooth Mesh, which is not they – they make it clear that it's not part of Bluetooth 5. Um, it is its own initiative and standard that's kind of moving at its own pace. And basically, they basically clarified that that will be out uh, end of this year, early next year. And I think when you combine the power of a mesh network, Bluetooth mesh, which is based, by the way, what Z-Wave and Thread and Zigbee can do, this idea that you can have a uh, a network where the nodes talk to each other and extend uh, and build off one another and extend the reach beyond just what you would have if you had a central point of failure, like a, a typical home router with a Wi-Fi radio, um, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. So I think when you combine the mesh network with four times the range, you start to make Bluetooth a true smart home technology. It becomes more than what it, what its origins were, which is basically a personal area network, a local uh, area network, very much focused on people's peripherals and accessories. And it becomes a technology that allows you to do whole home coverage. So I think that's exciting. Uh, we'll see where things go. I think this is an important week for Bluetooth when you when you talk about the uh, the arrival of Bluetooth five, and it's an important year when you talk about mesh. So uh, I just thought I'd mention that. Keep an eye out. They're actually going to be making the announcement on Thursday, just a couple days, and kind of laying out all the details. But you you pretty much have all of it right here, so you you won't even necessarily need to read it. You know the specifics. You got my analysis. You're probably good. You're probably good, but I'll probably have more to say about it later. All right, folks, I got to head to New York City. If you're in New York City and you want to ping me, uh, reach me on Twitter, direct message me. Maybe we can uh, do coffee or something. I'm there for a couple days. It'll be fun. I'm excited. It's been a couple a couple years since I've been there. So, all right, that's it. If you haven't already subscribed to the Smart Home Show, do that. If you haven't checked out uh, what we're doing over at the Smart Kitchen Summit, please do that, smartkitchensummit.com. You can also get podcasts there. Uh, check out the podcast and shows there. We're talking to some really interesting folks. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.